religion, I totally disregarded the Old Testament. I felt the Old Testament was fulfilled in Jesus. The Old Testament is through in Jesus. He's the fulfillment and it sounded so lofty. It sounded so rich. It sounded so real. So I could say it. But I'd rather believe now what the Apostle taught us. And this is the teaching of the Apostle Paul. The Old Testament is our schoolmaster. In other words, there are lessons to be learned. There's truth to be absorbed. And it's there. And that wilderness journey has a lot to do with our journey in our Christian life. The only thing is that they waited day, day after day for a, what shall we say, a revelation that came only in portions. We have a complete and a full revelation, meaning that our work, our walk, should be so much easier. Yet it's not, because man suffers from the basic illness that we, that, that, that's, in, almost innate in us, and that's that we don't believe. It's hard for us to believe. And when God says he's going to do something, you know, we, 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 if it doesn't happen right away, we try to make it happen, and when we try to make it happen and it still doesn't happen, we're in a total rebellion. But just that, hey, if God said it, he's going to do it. Don't you worry about it. Don't you try to push it. Don't you try to do it. God's going to do it. God said it. He's going to do it. And it's beautiful. Now Jesus says to us in the sixth chapter of the book of Matthew, and he brings it out so beautifully, and this is exactly what coincides in perfection. It coincides in perfection with what Jehovah was teaching Israel in the desert. And listen to what it says. And it's so interesting. Verse 31, and it says the following, 631. So don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father knows perfectly well, well that you need them. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. There it is. Live one day at a time. Just one day at a time. If you do, God will take care of your tomorrow. Now, we want God to take care of our tomorrow, but we don't want to live one day at a time. We want the complete and the total revelation. We want the complete and the total, what shall we say, call. But it's not that way. It is not that way. And I'll tell you why it's not that way, and it's important that we know it. A long-range God demands short-range surrender. Did you hear me? A long-range God. Why is it long-range? Because he sees you from here to eternity. That's long-range. A long-range God demands short-range surrender. Why? Because I can't surrender long-range. I don't know about tomorrow. I can barely handle today. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, God, when I am 105, 
No, I may never get to 105. Never. A long-range God. Because you see, when he deals with us, folks, let me tell you something about God. You and I are planning 1 to 70. That's all we're planning. The Bible says that we're given 60 years, and if we behave, we may, he may add a couple of more. And you say, well, there are people living longer than gas. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God for that. We have no problems with that. But this is what's given to us. And we thank God for it. But that's us. God, listen, God made a date in eternity with you and me. That he would meet us in eternity. God is that boyfriend that made a date and he's not going to fail us. When we get there, our boyfriend's going to be there. How do you like that? The lover of our soul is going to be there. Now we've got to understand that. Why? Because although he knows the long range, I don't. I deal on a short range basis. Let me tell you something about the short range basis. There are a lot of injustices involved. There's a lot of disappointments involved. Because if you've had a vision, if you've had a call... If you know God's destined you, God's called you, God has separated you for a job. Can I tell you something? Now don't fall on your face and don't get nervous. But God's going to take all the time he needs to take to get you there. Because if you get there in a hurry, you're going to fall on your face and you're not going to make it. But if you make it in his time, you see, we like to prepare people in four years for 50 years of ministry. No. God prepares you for 50 years for four years of ministry. But in those four years, you won't fall, you won't falter, you won't burn out, you won't die out. No anxiety involved. Why? Because you did all your falling, you did all your burning, you did all your... in the time. Do you understand? It's so important to see this. There isn't a saint of God... That wasn't ready for what God wanted him to do, except in long range, really. Remember when Moses felt he was ready? Here are the people abusing the Jews, and here comes this prince, and he was a prince and known as a prince, but his mother taught him the word. His mother taught him he was a Jew. His mother taught him those were his people. So when he came about 20 years of age, uh, he felt like he was, uh, what shall we say, the champion of his people. There's an Egyptian uh, dealing wrongly with a Hebrew. He kills him, buries him in the sand. The next day there were two Israelites fighting. Who do you kill? And they scream up at him and they say, hey, 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 hey. What are you going to do to us? What you did to the Egyptian yesterday? And he realized. And God took him out to the desert. Forty more years. See, people don't read the Bible in the continuation of time. In the continuation of time. They just read the Bible to... No. Forty years later, then God tells him to go, and it's so beautiful. When God tells him to go, he doesn't want to go. That's when you know you really have a call. You don't want to go. When you're over anxious to go, it's because you're not ready to go. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. Now listen to this. A short-range surrender. Why? Because God must have, God must have your now. 
You know how you say, tomorrow I'm going to get consecrated. Tomorrow I'm going to seek God. Tomorrow I'm going to become a saint. Tomorrow. John Mitchell, tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay, you and I. No problem. Tomorrow. We're too busy today. No way. No way. He must have our now. And I put here, either he has your now or you have no godly tomorrow. That's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how strenuous it is. That's, that's what God wants. Now why? Sister Amy, why? I don't like what you're preaching this morning. I don't like what you're saying. I'm not understanding it. And if I do understand it, no. I don't accept long range. I want it now. Let me tell you why. Sin, and I mean sin. You say, Sister Amy, I don't sin anymore. I'm in church. I've been in church all my life. Okay? I'm glad you're laughing. Okay? Sin has marred our capacity to handle life and to handle its problems. That's why we have alcoholics. That's why we have drug addicts. That's why we have people depressed. That's why we have insane asylums. That's why we have hospitals filled to capacity. That's why we have neighbors that we can't talk to. Have you ever had a neighbor that you say, good morning? No answers? That's why. That's why. Sin has marred our capacity to handle problems. It's marred our capacity to handle life. It's marred our capacity to handle people. We can't. Soon as there's the first roadblock, we're totally destroyed. Totally destroyed. Why? Because sin has marred our capacity to handle life's problems. Handling a problem takes peace, quietness. Where there is a fight going on, you can't go in lighter, louder than the people that are fighting. You get two people fighting, right? And then you go, forget it. They'll turn on you, and they've got, a good, they've got a good weapon. Do you understand what I mean? In other words, they'll finish you off. I share this with you, because that's why Jesus said, and he said it so clearly, I have a gift for you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Giveth I unto you. It's his peace that gives us the opportunity to handle our problems. Now, how do you get peace from God? By being still enough to receive it. God doesn't work on, on, on a, a, what shall we say? He doesn't work on, a, on an assembly line. That's not where you pick up your peace from God. You know where they make the Coca-Cola bottles and they all go by and click, 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 and you just pick one? No, no, God doesn't work that way. God doesn't have an assembly line. Every life, every heart, every spirit, Every human being is individual. They get individual attention. They get individual love. They get individual because that's the way he is. And that's why he said to us, I've got a gift for you. I've got a gift for you. My peace I give unto you. And that's why he taught us so clearly and he taught us so well. Just live one day at a time. Why? Because we can't handle more than one day. 
You say, Sister Amy, you know, that's not very practical because in life you work for a week and you get paid. In life you work for a year and you get vacation. In life you plan and you save money for apartments and for furniture. You know, everything in life is just planning. You don't literally sit there. No, but that's not what he's saying. That's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is not saying you just sit there. It's not saying that. The Bible is saying that your surrender is daily. Your receiving of peace is daily. Your portion of manna, the Bible, is daily. And as you get it daily from Him, ah, then every plan is laid out in your mind and in your heart, and in due time, He'll let it come to pass. Are you hearing me? In other words, what He is simply saying is, Give me your today. I'll handle your tomorrow. And I like the way he handles it. He does well. Some people say God gives you bread and water. Well, I've gotten cake and hot chocolate from God. I mean, my God's a good giver. You have nothing to worry about God. Give him your today. Whoa, hallelujah. It's not easy, folks. I know it's not easy. It's not. Sometimes you're given a gift and it's exactly what you need for whatever, whatever dream, whatever fantasy you have, whatever nice thing you can dig into, right? And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, give it. And you want to say, hey, come on, give me a break. Oh, please. And I like the Lord. He gives you a few days to pout. He gives you a few days to hold it. (laughs) a few days and you look at it and you size it up and just, but he's so kind because his joy is so complete that the moment comes when you really don't want it why because where can you buy peace where can you buy love where can you buy satisfaction where can you buy a kiss from god on your forehead that moves down into your spirit. Where can you buy a good night's sleep? Where can you buy water that refreshes? Where can you live in the presence of God but in that place of surrender? It's a good place, folks, so don't be afraid of it. Now, we have to live day by day. We can't afford more than that. Jesus said it. The Lord proved it to the Israelites And you say, but Sister Amy, later on, when they went into the promised land, then they sowed seed in the ground, and then they tilled the ground, uh, and then they had crops, and then they went to market, and they sold it. So it wasn't wasn't always like that. No, it's not always like that. One day at a time, always, in terms of our surrender to God. But there comes a time when God lets you plan. There comes a time when God lets you sow your seed. There comes a time when God lets you prepare. But you know something? It doesn't mean a thing to you. Are you following what I mean? It doesn't possess you. You possess it. It doesn't hold you down. It doesn't give you a sense of uh, avarice uh, where you don't want anybody to touch you or come near you. Oh, no. It's, It's okay. But as far as living day by day, 
that still holds. Nothing more than one day at a time. We're not going to be given more than one day at a time. Sin has marred our capacity to deal with more than one day. It's marred our capacity to deal with problems. You know why? You may say, Sister Amy, this, this, that's not even a smart saying. I still have to say it. We're not omniscient. We're not omniscient. So what's omniscient? Know it all. Oh, some people think they do. But we're not. And even in the gift of discernment, it operates only through the power of the Holy Spirit. When someone has a gift of discernment, it doesn't mean they're looking at everybody and seeing through their insides. No way. The gift of discernment is given for the use of the body. And it's given when God wants to show you something. And it moves in very strange and different ways. So we don't really know. We don't know what tomorrow holds. That's why when you give God everything today, it's okay. It's okay. He'll handle your tomorrow. But if you're handling it, he can't. Because you see, God only works on the basis of a surrendered will. If your will is in your hands, and if your will is being executed by you, and if your will is your treasure, well, hey, I'm sorry. God has to step aside and wait until you fall. And when you fall, you'll say, oh, God, and he'll be there. I, I guarantee he'll be there. But you see, I don't want that fall. I want to be able to say now, take my life and let it be. Whatever you would have it to be knowing that he knows best. So I'm not omniscient, but listen to this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have a Jesus that said to me, he says it to you, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. So I don't have to be omniscient, I just have to have him. When I have him, it's going to go okay. He is going to work it out. Say amen. amen. Oh yes, he is. He's going to work it out. Uh, now there's another thing. And another reason why we must live one day at a time. First of all, sin has marred our capacity to judge, our capacity to handle, our capacity to think in many occasions. You say sin. What do you mean sin? Folks, don't always think of sin in terms of fornication. Don't always think of sin in terms of lying and stealing. Don't always think of sin in terms of adultery. Think of sin in terms of the sins of omission. What are the sins of omission? Not doing what you should be doing. Those are the sins of omission. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Oh, I mean it from the smallest thing in the world. A smile. What does it cost you to smile? What does it cost? You say, no, because if you smile at the people, they think you're a fool. Don't smile at anyone. If you smile at them, they think you're coming on. If you smile at them, you know, right away, this world, this world. No, not this world, them. I smile. They don't smile back. It's okay. It's okay. I have no problems. You see, before I ever gave them a smile, I smiled at my master. And he said, go ahead and do it. I have no problems. There isn't a treasure that you have that you give that isn't first laid at the altar. There isn't anything that you give to someone else that isn't first given to him because it's his spirit, it's his joy, it's his power that moves you to do it. So once you've done it and there's no recompense, no human recompense, forget it. Don't worry about it. God is smiling on you. And I like the smile of God. It's warm. It's sweet. He says it's okay. 
we have to work one day at a time because we're not omniscient, but he says, I'll be with you. You don't have to know it all. You just have to have me. I do know it all. The third reason, and many people would say, but Sister Amy, the scripture says that we have the mind of Christ. How many say amen? Say it. Right, right. That's in Corinthians. We have the mind of Christ. Now, not the exact precise precision mind of Christ, but whatever of that mind that can fit into this little gray matter. Do you hear me? He'll give it to us. He'll give it to us. Whatever fits, he'll give it to us. But the mind of Christ is not a gift. It's a process. Are you hearing me? It's not a gift. It's a process. What do I mean by that? You're not saved, washed, and immediately you come out with the mind of Christ. No, you have your mind, and it's a mess. You still have to deal with the old man. That's why we tell new converts, don't go to your old circles again. You've got, the, you've got the beauty of the new creature, but you don't have the strength of a new creature. How many of you have gone back to buddies to tell them about Jesus, and you find out that they say, well, let's have a drink to that. <laughs> yeah, we're back, in, we're back in the saddle. Back in the saddle again. Who cares? No, no. That's why the Lord says, stay away. Stay away. Stay away until you can. Many people say, but Jesus was among sinners. Brother, if you can act like Jesus, I'll send you among sinners. <laughs> you see, wherever Jesus was, he put on the light. Wherever we go, thinking we can make it, they put out our light. So this is, it takes time. The mind of Christ, the life of Christ, the walk of Christ is a process. A lot is lost. A lot is lost. Some of your most precious treasures are lost. Some of your keenest abilities are lost. Some of your closest loved ones are lost. But that's okay. Because no matter what you lose in surrendering totally to him, you gain from him a hundredfold. He said it. You've lost your mother. You've lost your father. You've lost your friends. You've lost your house. I will give it to you in this life. He made it so clear. In this life. No pie in the sky. In this life, you'll have it a hundredfold. Oh, yeah. I've had the greatest experience in my life. In pastoring, you almost experience an explosion in family. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Some of you people come before me like, like motion pictures. I'm in my house and I'm seeing row by row, row by row, face by face. And it's the most thrilling experience of a lifetime. And you hear the echo. It's your family. It's my family. It's the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. And that is glorious, folks. The mind of the Lord is a process. And you can't push anybody into that process. Sometimes we want to bring people, quote, quote, up to our level. You can't. You see, everybody has to go alone. Look at the prodigal son. 
Where did he end up? In the pig's pen. Eating pig's food. Isn't that awful? Isn't that awful? And there he was. He didn't complain about the food. He didn't say a word. Where his mind went was to his father's house. All of a sudden, he could see the difference. And sometimes God lets you get to the pig's pen so you can see the difference. Yeah, have you ever been in a mud pile somewhere? And you know that in your house, there's a nice bed and there's clean sheets and there's at least a pot of coffee. And look where you are. Look where you are. Oh, God, help us. God, help us. But that's okay. Always remember, he'll bring you through. He will bring you through. And we praise him for that. The mind of Christ is a process, and that's why he says to follow him day by day. Don't trust your tomorrows to yourself. Trust them to him. You say, Sister Amy, but you know, we, I live in a, in a world where there's a real rat race on my job. If I'm not on my toes, uh, uh, they'll take my position, they'll take my place. Uh, I always have to be. Wah! Can I tell you something? Prayer will push you to the top like nothing else in the world. Because I know a God that knows how to push things aside. Just push them aside. Get away, get away, and you're not doing anything. And God will take you wherever he wants you, wherever he thinks you can handle, whatever you're ready for. You say, but, th but then you're putting everything in God's lap. No, no, I'm not. Because I'm going to tell you something. Surrender is a 24-hour-a-day job. There's no mo moment where you say, well, it's over. I've surrendered. Ha, <laughs> ha. Got eight hours left. They're mine. Woo! And the closer you get to the Lord, don't any of you fellas think you're going crazy. If you got the Lord on your mind 24 hours a day, you're not going crazy. Because sometimes in a program you say, oh my God, this is 24 hours a day. I, I went to one program and all the men were sitting there, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, oh, get me out of here. And I was the preacher. <laughs> you know, it's like going into a place with an overdose. But you know what? I found out that in the process, it's necessary. And I might not have been saying it, but you know what's going on up here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't care where I go. I can be watching TV. I can be watching comics. I can be watching anything. And all of a sudden, something will remind me of a teaching of the Lord. Something will bring in a perspective. Something will move in and shake me. And I say to myself, blessed, watching TV. This is strange. No, it's not. He whose mind is stayed upon thee, thou will keep him in perfect peace. And whatever we do, God will show us and God will teach us. Uh, and folks, last but not least, the mind of Christ is a process. He needs time to fill our minds. We need the process to surrender our minds. But you know what he said? And I love this. When you're in the process, don't think you're alone. He said, if you abide in me, I then will abide in you. This is where the Jews got all confused when he made the declaration, I am the bread of life. They got very confused. They said, hey, wait a minute. He's saying he's the bread of life. 
and his flesh is the bread of life. We have never eaten human flesh and never will. And Jesus says, that's not what I mean. He didn't say it that way. He simply says, he that eats my flesh and he that drinks my blood is he that abides in me and I in him. So as far as the bread was concerned and the body, and as far as the wine was concerned and the blood, they were the symbols of what would make us one. They were the symbols of what would draw us into Him. They were the symbols of what He would give so that God would let us get into Him and be allowed into heaven like we are allowed into heaven today. He that abides in me and I in him, that's the one that eats my bread, my flesh, and drinks my blood. The blood that washes whiter than snow. The flesh that was given as a sacrifice and broken for your redemption and for my redemption. Oh, we give him glory. Isn't it marvelous to just think about him, folks? Just think about him. The mind of Christ is a process, but the abiding is immediately. Immediately. He abides in you immediately. And I thank the Lord for that. Now, one day at a time, we'll demand our surrender of time. And I want to say something here this morning. Time is your gift to God. Time is your gift to God. You're hearing me, fellas? Your gift. Your gift. Hey, folks out there, Sammy, your gift to God. Sam, your gift to God, time. And somebody says, I don't know what you mean by that. Isn't it amazing? We've got time to sleep and we've got time to eat. We've got time to work, and especially with the work situation, we don't fool around. When they say you're due in at 8, We don't meander in at 9.30 and tell the boss I had coffee on the corner. You don't do that. Because you'll either be drinking coffee for the rest of the day. (laughs) You just don't do it. Now, our gift to God is time. See, I, I, I don't understand that. Give him time before day breaks. And I'm not talking about before your day breaks. I don't know when your day breaks. Okay? If your day breaks at 7, try to be with him before 7. Give him time. And I'll tell you why. Because if your day breaks and your program starts at 7 and you're with God from 6 to 7, that day is going to glide. That day is going to be impacted by his presence. And no matter what you have to stumble over, no matter who you meet, and the boss gives you a coffee break, 10 minutes, find a place. Give your coffee break to the Lord. I mean, make a time for him. You know what I mean. Most of you know that I'm a wanderer. On Mondays, you'll find me up Fifth Avenue. You'll find me in the Museum of Art. Maybe not inside. Maybe I'm sitting on the stairs there. Maybe look up and say, what's the crazy lady doing there?
the world go by, folks. I'm praying for a city like New York. I walk up to the New York Public Library on 42nd, 41st. I sit there on the stairs, too. People's got their sandwiches, and they're chewing away, and they're eating. I may get something and sit with them. Give him time. Give him time. Give him time. Your hustle and your bustle just breaks you. Give God time. Give God time. Give him your thoughts. Give him your walk. Give him your talk. Give God time. We want to make it with God. And we hope it's just a couple hours in church, maybe an hour and a half at prayer, and that's it. No, it's not. It's one day at a time. Give him time. You say, Sister Amy, you don't know how hard that is. Oh, yo, 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 yo. I have had more nodding time and I've never been on heroin in prayer than in any other time in my life. I get up to pray and I say, Lord, here I am. And I wake up and I say, oh, Señor, perdóname. Forgive me, Lord. And I start all over again. Lord, I present it. No, there are some days that are crystal clear. There are some days that I shoot like an arrow. There are some days I set it for an hour and I can go too. And there are some days it's, remember the needy Lord, the needy Lord, the needy Lord. (laughs) And then my logic says to me, listen, Dodo, get up and go to bed. When you're awake, you come back and pray. And I'm almost ready to say, you're right. Uh, But then I say, no, no. Why? Because as rotten as the gift is, as untied as it is, has no paper on it, has no bows and no bells, but it's my gift to him. And I don't care how poor it is. And I don't care how I fail at it. I'm still going to give it to him. Because one day will be better than another. But I'm not going to stop. 